Because at times, the enemy can use his suddenlies. He can use things to change courses. So we have to be in position and be ready for when he want to shift it. At all times, you have to know to shift. And you have to notice your atmosphere when you get into a higher heaven. When you get into a higher heaven and a higher realm, what happens is there's a battle going on in the heavenlies. So the enemy knows when you're reaching where you need to reach for God. What he does, he send forces in to snatch you back because he know that when you get to that place, God released himself. And the enemy want to stop God from releasing himself because when God released himself, everything that you need is in the room. And the enemy don't want God to be amongst us. Even though he's in us, he need to come through us to do a work in the midst of us. And when you don't understand these rims, sometimes you can get in you. Because the enemy mimics what God has already done. And we have to know where we are. And we have to be in a place that we don't allow the enemy to have us thinking that we're where God want us to be. So I come against confusion right now in the name of Jesus. And I speak a shifting right now in this atmosphere for God to do only what God can do. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I loose your peace even now amongst us in this room. And God, I thank you That you can come in here, God, and do what you need to do. I bind every demonic force that has come in this place to cause havoc amongst us in Jesus' name. Father God, I take authority right now over it in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that we're saturated with your blood. And I thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Do what you need to do, Holy Spirit. Thank you that we will be quickened from this word on today. We will be made alive through the word of God on this day. In Jesus' name, I bind every spirit of offense right now in the name of Jesus. Because God is not about us. It's all about you. In the name of Jesus, I bind every mind-boggling spirit right now in Jesus' name. And I command you to leave this place in Jesus' name. Every hindering spirit, I arrest you right now in the name of Jesus. For it shall not be by might nor by power, but it shall be by your spirit, God, on this day in Jesus' name. So, God, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives on the inside of me. And for that, God, you shall get all the glory. You shall get all the honor. And, God, you shall get all the praise in Jesus' name. Last week, we were um, taught on familiar spirits. And we know that a familiar spirit is a spirit that's familiar with our weaknesses and, and our strengths. And that spirit watches us, not only us, but it watches our family and the history. And the enemy uses that to bring on attacks to make us feel that it's God and it's not God. So you got to know what you're dealing with. And the only way you know what you're dealing with is through the word of God. This is why we have to spend time in the word of God to know what the word is saying unto us. Because I don't know about you, we can miss it at times. All of us can miss what God is doing at times because we can be in our own place at that time. So I'm going to bring in today um, something else, but it's going to lead up to what I was teaching on, on familiar spirits. And I pray that your hearts are open and receptive to receive it. Go with me to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, won't he do it? 
Say, neighbor, it's already done. Say, no matter what you're going through, it's already done. Say, no matter what it looks like or what it appear to be, it's already done. Hallelujah. We thank God for what's already done. Amen. Already done. Already done. So no matter what your situation look like, God has already made a way for you. Amen. And I just love him so much because God already know even before we know because he's all knowing. Exodus chapter 20. Let's hear what the um, God has to say unto us. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or that's in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commands. So I want to start back up to that first verse when God was speaking unto the children of Israel. You may be seated. I want to talk this morning on knowing who God is. Knowing who God is. As I was spending time with God, I'm going to tell you it's so wonderful. It's so awesome when you can spend time with your father. And the more time you spend with your father, you get to know him as Abba Father. You get to know how much he loved you because he began to share his heart with you. And when we spend time with him, we need to know the heart of God. We need to know God's heart. We always sometimes go to him and we just talk, 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 talk about us. But we need to know what's in the heart of God. God, what's in your heart for today? God, what do you want to talk? Tell me. You know, dealing with this day. Tell me your heart. And when God opened up his heart to you, it's so awesome, y'all. When you can hear your father speaking, it is so awesome. So the Lord began to share this with me, knowing who God is. And he told me, he said, when you know who I am, he said, you wouldn't want anything or no one before me. I said, okay, God. He said, when you know who I am, you're not going to put anything or no one before me. And I sat there, and, and as God was saying that, I said, God, that's so right. Because when we spend time with God, and we get to know who God is, nothing should take his place. God said, the problem is, everything is taking my place because they don't know who I am. He said, when you truly know who I am, you won't let nothing come in and take my place. He said, I should be first place in your life. You wouldn't be looking for anything to take my place. No matter what situation you get in, I'm first place in your life. You're not looking for money. You ain't looking for no man. You ain't looking for cars. You ain't looking for clothes. You ain't looking for satisfaction through nothing else when you know who I am. He said, because you spend so much, when you spend so much time for me, with me, nothing can satisfy you like I can. I'm going to say it again. When you spend so much time with him, nothing can satisfy you like him. No man, no woman, nobody can hold you like he can. Nobody can do for you like he can. So women, I'm telling you, when you have such a relationship with God, first and foremost, when that man come in your life, he cannot love you the way now. He's supposed to love you the way Christ loved the church. And if he does that, you're going to know you've been with my daddy. Because you're showing me the love that my father would show me. But if you out looking for a man to fill a hole in your heart and you're born again, that means you don't have no relationship with Abba Daddy. Because if you have a relationship with Abba Daddy, you ain't looking for no male or no female to step in his shoes. Because nobody should be before God. Nothing or no one should be before God. So 
when God had me to read this, God always backs up his word with what he's saying. Because God is the word. So he backed it up when he was talking to the Israelites. He said, I am the Lord thy God. See, y'all, you have to stop. And you have to hear what God is saying. He's speaking to the Israelites. He's speaking to the ones that he made a covenant with. He said, I am the Lord thy God. So when you look at Lord, he's saying, I am Jehovah. I am the self-existing one. There is no one before me. There is no one after me. He said, I stand alone. You got to catch this. He said, I am the Lord thy God. He said, this is what I want you to know. If you catch this, there is no other God before me. There will be no other God after me. I'm a self-existing God. I depend on no one. No one didn't create me. No one didn't make me. He said, everything is dependent upon who I am. I want y'all to catch it. Because we ain't caught it yet, church. Because if we really knew that I am the Lord, I am the self-existing one, I am Jehovah, I am God. Then he go into, I am the Lord, thy God. So he putting all that together and he's saying, I'm the self-existing one. He said, no one exists before me, no one will exist after me. He said, I am the one and true living God. I am supreme. I am above all gods. He said, I'm supreme in rank. I'm supreme in authority. There is no other God but me. When you know that, look at your neighbor and say, when you know that, you won't be going after everything. I'm talking to saved folk. I'm talking to saved folk. Because when you know he's the only, the one and only, you got to make God your one and only. There is nobody before God. Your husband, your wife, your children, your cars, your clothes, your hair, your nails. Nothing supposed to be before God. I am the Lord, thy God. I am supreme. I'm above everything. I'm self-existing. Meaning my dependency is not on anyone. That's the God they were serving. God had to make that clear. And he's making that clear because when we go back through the wilderness, God told Abraham these people, we're going to be in bondage. But I want you to understand this. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this because when the Lord touched me with this, y'all, I'm telling you, you had touched me so much that I had to check myself and say, God, is there anyone or anything that I'm putting ahead of you? God, have I made anyone or anything my God? Because sometimes we can make people our gods, we can make clothes, we can make cars, we can make children our God. We can make so many things out of God that we don't look at him for who he really is. Who gets all your attention? Who grabs your attention the most? Is it God? Is it him? Because if it is him, no matter where you go, you know he's going to back you up. Nobody can guard you like he can. Nobody can protect you like he can. That's why he had to let them know, you got to know who I am. So when you go back through the book of Exodus, starting off with, before I even get there to Exodus, when we get to Abraham, because you know it had to go through the generation and God had to find somebody righteous. See, God had to use a righteous person who, who would turn to God and not turn to evil because evil was in the world, y'all. But God had to get somebody that was righteous. That's why it went through the generation. This is why you look at Noah's generation through his son Ham. This is where Canaan came from. You have the Canaanites. You have the Jesuits. All those ites. 
And that's how all of this stuff come about with the different idols, with sending children through the fire. Canaan was cursed. So God was talking to Abraham. And as he talked with Abraham, Abraham built his relationship with God. He could hear what God was saying, not only hearing, but he did what God was saying. Let me tell you something. You can hear him, but until you do what he's saying, you haven't heard him. People need to quit saying, I talked to God last night, but you still live in any kind of way. I don't understand it. Because if I'm going to have a little talk with Jesus. And he's going to make everything all right. My life should be different. There should be a change in my life. If he wake me up and talk to me and tell me to forgive someone. And that's what he's telling me to do. Then I shouldn't have to wait to forgive you because I had a talk with Jesus. So I'm doing what I heard. So if you're not doing what you heard, you're disobedient and you're in rebellion. Is that the God that you serve? God is no rebellion God. God is not in disobedience. God is not in sin. So Abraham heard God and when he heard God, he did what God said. But one thing I like about Abraham, he was so in touch with God. He bought Lot and he should not have bought Lot. But when there was strife between him and Lot, you know, with his husband and Lot's husband, the first thing that Abraham did, he humbled himself because he knew God. He knew the creator. So he humbled himself and he told him, you go left, I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. He let him choose which way he wanted to go first because he knew God. See, when you know God, it ain't about who get this or who get that. You humble yourself and say, whichever piece of pork chop you won't take it. If you want all the pork chop, baby, take it. Because I know who's my shepherd. Ask your neighbor. Say, do you really know him? Say, do you really know who he is? Or you just talk about him? See, we can't only talk about him. We got to be about him. So we look. At Abraham. So there was a separation between him and Lot. Abraham saw strife. He knew that where there's strife, there's contention and there's every evil work. So he knew. He said, you know what? I'm not having it in my house. See, when we see what's behind what's going on, we handle it, y'all. We don't give the devil a foothold. We don't join in with what the devil is doing. It is not about us. So Abraham, when he separated from Lot, God is saying there, got, there have to be some separation from whom you're around. You have to loose those people that do not want to go in the direction that you're going in. Jesus already made the way for them. You delivering the way that was made, that's the gospel. And if they don't want to accept that way, why are you still there? You gave them the word. Oh, I can save them. You couldn't even save yourself. That's just an excuse to be there. So God showed Abraham what he had for Abraham. But then it goes a little bit deeper. Y'all know that Abraham ended up sleeping with Hagar. I'm still talking about knowing who God is. Abraham slept with Hagar. He ended up putting Hagar out. Well, Hagar ended up leaving. But as she left, God revealed himself to Hagar. And how he revealed it was through who he was. He let her know that he is El Roy. He said, a God who sees me. See, when you know that when you're being afflicted, she was going through some affliction and God saw her affliction. So Hagar said, he's a God who sees, he's El Roy. Roy, he's a God who sees. See, your experiences that you go through that some of us don't want to go through allow us to know who he is in that experience. So she got to know him by that name. But then Abraham, after he had Isaac, before he had Isaac, he had to go rescue Lot. And God revealed himself to Abraham even in that situation that he was El El Yon. He said, I'm the most high God. 
He had 300 men against these armies, big armies. But he told Mechizedek, he, that he, no, he told the king that took the people. He said, just give me the people. Keep the goods. Abraham began to recognize God as El El Yon. The reason why he said, you know what? You're not my God. I serve a God that's above all gods. He's El El Yon. See, Abraham had some experiences to know who God is. That didn't stop. Genesis 17, Abraham had another experience with God. When God was going to make of him a great nation, he knew him as almighty God. He said, you're El Shaddai, you're the all-sufficient one. You're the most powerful God. That means everything that I need, ain't no God can give it to me but God Almighty. Because he's all powerful. He's all knowing. My God is above. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying today. See, we always come to church and we always talk about God. We always tell people different things about God. But our lifestyle is not adding up to what we're saying. So Abraham got to know him by all of these things. And then when he got Isaac, a son he waited for for 25 years. God had the audacity to say, give him to me. I want you to sacrifice him to me. So guess what? Abraham knew him as El El Yon, you the most high God. He knew him as God Almighty. He knew him as El Shaddai. Now God said, I'm going to give you another name to know me by Abraham. But you got to trust me in this. So he took Isaac to sacrifice him. And God wouldn't allow him to sacrifice him because he said, I see that you love me more than you love that child. So he got to know him as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. See, we got to go through sometimes to know who he is. But some of us don't want to go through nothing. We think we're too good to go through some trials and some tribulations. We think we've been saved too long to go through anything. You think you're too good to go through in your marriage. You think that your marriage is all this in a bag of chips. But I want to tell you it's on the rock sometime. That's why you got to know who he is. So when things disappoint you, a man, a woman, or children, you can always go to El El Yon. You can always go to El Shaddai. You can always go to Jehovah Jireh, who is your provider. You can always go to El Roe, a God who sees, oh my God, my affliction. I can always go to my God. When somebody let me down, I can call him by name. Can you call him? Can you call him by name? You know, oh, come on, somebody. Who did you call on this morning? And know that he's there. Come on, church. Where are you with him? Do you know his name? Have you been in here long enough to experience? Come on, you heard about Abraham. You heard his experiences. But have you had an experience with El El Yon? Have you had an experience with El Shaddai? Have you had an experience with God that no matter what's going on in your life, you can stand on who he is? Then it got so to the point that God began to tell Abraham, About what was going to happen to his people. But God promised Abraham. Because I got a covenant with you. I have a covenant with the people. Not because of the people. But because of you. That reminds me of Jesus Christ. Not because of you. But because of what Jesus done. So Abraham. He told him they're going to be in bondage. For over 400 and some years. But God said, I'm going to bring them out. So they did go in bondage. And y'all know it went through Joseph. It went through him. It went through that generation. 
But when they were in bondage and they began to be afflicted, they began to be persecuted because God sent Moses. See, y'all got to understand, God got to raise up a leader amongst you that knows him. A leader amongst you that's going to stand in spite of what they see. So God had Moses. He raised him up amongst the Egyptians. Moses knew their ways. That's amongst the world, y'all. Moses was in the world. He saw what the world was like. He stayed amongst them. But God set it up that before he got placed in Pharaoh's household, he spent time with his Hebrew mother, which taught him the ways of God. And God's ways are higher than the ways of the world. Because he's El El Yon. I believe she said, I'm going to tell you about El El Yon. I'm going to tell you how Abraham served El El Yon. When it didn't look good, he still looked at him as the most high God. Even though you see the gods of the Egyptians, El El Yon is higher than the Egyptian gods. See, she had to make it known to Moses because she knew he lived amongst those types of gods. Parents, even when you were in the world, and we're still in it, but we're not of it, the world shouldn't be in our household. It shouldn't be amongst us. We shouldn't be doing what the world is doing. We shouldn't be living like the world is living, where when they put a Christian beside somebody that's in the world, they can't tell a difference by dress. They can't tell a difference by language. They can't tell a difference because it looks the same except you say you say. That's supposed to be a light over here. In the midst of the darkness, even when you don't open your mouth, the glory of God is supposed to reveal who you are in him. They're supposed to say, I haven't spoke to this one, but I know there's something different. Is your light shining in the midst of a dark world? Satan, no. He know your weakness. He know the things that turn you on and the things that turn you off. So he can make a spectacle out of you because he want to make a spectacle out of God because you are his temple. So as he can make you look bad, he's making God look bad because you say, you know El El Yon. El El Yon don't bow down to other gods. Oh, God's good. He's so good. So we go back to Moses. God had to raise Moses up to deliver the people. God got to raise. This is what I'm saying. He got to raise a leader up. To represent his kingdom. And he don't raise him up any kind of way. He don't raise him up according to man. He raised him up according to him. According to his word. He don't just deal with them any old kind of way. God showed them his right way of doing things. So Moses, he knew God's way. He couldn't allow those Egyptians to do his brothers and sisters the way that they did the brothers and sisters. So Moses handled that. So when he tried to help them because they were fighting against each other, guess what? They're going to throw it back in his face. That's what we do, right? So Moses ran, but God was preparing him for the journey. And I'm going here. Ask your neighbor, say, have God prepared you for the journey? So as God was preparing Moses for the journey, go with me to Exodus 3. And I'm going to start at verse 13. And this is what Moses said. I'm going to start at, at um, 11. Exodus three eleven. And Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? And that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. He didn't have a certainty about who he was. And the reason why, because Moses spent so much time in Egypt. And in Egypt, he had a status. He had a status amongst Pharaoh. 
But now he said, if I go back to Pharaoh, who am I in front of him? See, Moses had, did not have a certainty about who he was. And God began to say, and he said, certainly I will be with thee. See, that's enough. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I Say unto them, let me tell you something. God ain't going to send you nowhere without you knowing who he is. Oh, y'all think about it. You got ministers behind the pulpit that don't know who God is and trying to tell you. And you taking any and everything because you don't know yourself. So he said, and God said unto Moses, I like this. I am. That I am, that means he relies on nothing for life or exists. He's self-existing. He does not need anybody or anything. He's self-existing. He don't need anybody or anything. His reliance is not on anybody or anything, y'all. God stands alone. Look at your neighbor and say, did you know God stands alone? Say, really, did you really know God stands alone? I'm going to answer that for you. Say, then why are you going to get help? Can anybody answer that? If God stands alone and he's self-existing, why do we go get help for God? You know why? Because we don't know who he is. Just in case. We got some just in case God don't come through with the money. We got some just in case God don't heal my body. We got some just in case they don't give me a loan. Just in case God fails me. We got a lot of just in cases up in here. Just in case, you may not speak it with your mouth, but in your heart, you're so far from God. Your just in cases are so embedded in you that you're talking with your mouth, but your heart is so far from him. You telling people he's my healer, but it's a just in case. You telling people he's my provider, but there's a just in case. Say, who is he to you? Now look at him, say, my just in case. I don't think too many people like this. But I'm going to bring it like he would have me to bring it because it's deliverance in this house. Either he's God or he ain't. Either he's God by himself or he ain't. Either he's God by himself or he ain't. So Moses knew him as I am. That I am. I'm all that you need me to be. I'm your everything. I'm your one and only. That's who I am. Have we got to know him as our one and only? Have we got to know him as our everything? And then, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. God is whatever we need in our time of lack. I am. That I am. So Moses got to know him as I am. That I am. Tell them, I am. I'm self-existent. Nothing exists unless I created it. I'm Elohim. So God was letting Moses know this, and I'm going to tell you why. Because they were getting ready to go on a journey. 
They were getting ready to come out of a place where they depended on other things. See, sometimes we can be in a place like we're in the world. And we're saying God, but we're still dependent on the world. See, that's how the Egyptians were. They knew about God, but they were in a place where they served other gods. So the things that they did became a part of them. God said, I'm going to take you out of what you have become a part of. He said, I'm coming to take you out of a place that you have become attached to. And I want you to get to know me as your one and only. And the only way I can get you to know me as your one and only is to take you on a journey in the wilderness where there's nothing. Sometimes God allows you to go through where you can't borrow from daddy or mama, Peter or Paul. Where you can't get no loan no more. Sometimes God said, I want you to know me. I want you to know who I am in the midst of your situation. I want you to know who I am when the doctors say, no medicine. There ain't no cure. There is nothing that can be done. I want you to get to know me. So, Moses had to do everything that God instructed him to do to bring them out of Egypt. And when you read that in Exodus, the things that Moses did, it looked like they were doing the same thing. But God was more powerful. So y'all, they come out. God heard their cries. He heard how they were oppressed. So God sent someone to bring them out. God got to send someone to bring you out. You cannot bring yourself out. Some of y'all are self-dependent. You think, if I don't get it done, it ain't going to get done. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. You don't know him. Because you're always dependent on you. So we see that they come out, right? When they come out, when we read in Exodus 16, there was no water, y'all. Remember, God said, I want them to depend totally on who? On me. So there was no water. And the water they come to was bitter. And so, the, you know, the people are going to complain. I don't know about you. How about y'all? Y'all get some bad tasting water? You're going to say, it's bad. What's this mess? Come on. Y'all know before, um, if the well and stuff wasn't right, y'all know how stuff come out the well, rust, all this stuff. And go in the blueberry field. Oh, that's the nastiest water I ever tasted. But when you were thirsty, you, deal, you dealt with it. <laughs> It smelled like eggs, but you drunk it. Who didn't drink it? I drunk it. It was hot out there. I needed me some water to pick them blueberries. I needed to meet my quota. Thank God I'm still alive. So we see we did things, did we not? But God was watching over us. So they needed water. And the people began to complain, but... See, God wanted them to know him as the all-sufficient one. God wanted them to know him as their, as their provider. God put them in that place to let them know, depend on me. I'm the self-existing God. I'm your one and only God. Your dependency need to be upon me. So God told them what to do. Think about this, y'all. When God told Moses what to do to put the stick up there in the water and the water became sweet, it became good. God said, now I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God who healeth thee. Meaning that I took something bitter and I made it sweet. I'm a physical healer. I'm an emotional healer. I'm a spiritual healer. I'm Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. You ain't going to find no other God that can heal you like I can. I am the Lord. Thy God. We're still on that verse. See how God can take a verse. And he can take you on a journey. But you got to sit there and want to go on that journey. Y'all, I got enough information to keep you here for a good little minute. Help me, Holy Ghost. Because you know why? God took me back where I've been. See, you got to travel some roads. See, this is why you have to read the word of God. Not only read it, y'all. You got to hear it. You got to read it. You got to study it. You got to what? memorize it 
Then you got to meditate on it. And then guess what? As you do all that, you got a grip on it. So when you get ready to talk to somebody in conversation, God take you back through a journey of where you've been. You can't talk about some place you haven't been. You may try to mimic that place. Or act like you've been to Florida, the Disney World. Far as you went to Disney World was on television. Far as you saw Mickey and Minnie and whoever else it was was through the TV. And you up there in school saying, I've been to Disney, I've been to Disney. I shook hands in your imagination. The devil mimic. So we see they got to know him by these names, y'all, right? God is the one. I'm going to the next part of that verse where it says that I am the Lord thy God. But then he goes on to say this. That brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. God said, now I want you to know no other God brought you out except me. See, we're putting things ahead of God thinking that my husband did that for me. Your husband couldn't do that for you unless God allowed him to do what he's doing for you. Everything is based upon God. Men, don't act like you all up here. I take care of my family. I do this. I do that. Come on down, pride. You do what you do because God's hand is upon you to do it. Because he know your heart. And it's not a struggle. And it's nothing to brag about. You just do it. My husband don't have to say, thank you for fixing me food. Even though he do. Because I know that's what I love to do. My children shouldn't thank me all the time for doing things because I'm their mother. That's what I'm supposed to do. But by them thanking me, they're showing appreciation to what I do. We act like we need to reward women because we wash dishes and fold clothes and, and cook food. We act like we got to have something sometime. Yeah, we do. But if we don't get it, that's what we do. We got a problem. But everything that God done that's already done, do he get a thank you? Do he get a hallelujah? Do he get a praise Jesus? He should. He did it because he loved us. But we should have a heart, an attitude of gratitude to say, Lord, I thank you because if you didn't bring me out, I wouldn't have been brought out. See, Moses knew it wasn't me that brought you out. It was the God that used me to bring you out. But I had to be obedient to his way of doing things, not my way. See, that's the problem with us. We want credit for what we do or what we said. You didn't say that. I said that. Get it right. You didn't do that. I did that. Get it right. See, we need to check what's behind what we're saying. We need to check it out. We need to let God be the center of everything. He need to be before everything. So he said, I brought you out of Egypt. It was by my mighty hand that you come out of the place you come out of. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, none of us would be here. He took the death card. He took the death sentence so we could live. So we can have a life more abundantly. Jesus died on our behalf. But God didn't leave him dead. He rose him up in some power. See we got to understand. He had to go through that death. But God said because of the resurrection. You get everything that death paid for. If he didn't die. You wouldn't be where you are today. You wouldn't have what you have. So let me tell you something. This is why Paul said I die daily. He said, I die daily so the glory of God can be revealed. See, we got a problem with dying. All of us are trying to live. But we already alive in him. And not in ourselves, y'all. When we really grab hold to who he is and knowing who he is, we wouldn't be going through half the stuff that we're going through so long because we know that daddy already covered that ground. We're spending too much time trying to fix something that he's already fixed. He said, I brought you out. By my mighty hands, you come out of Egypt. And go with me to Deuteronomy 8. I'm going to stop in a few minutes because I'm going to leave you something to think about. 
And what I want to leave you to think about is it ain't about you. Ain't about your other gods either. Because they still dead. Deuteronomy 8 says, All the commands which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do that ye may live. Y'all hear that? God's word helps us to live. Who would... Who do not want to go into the word of God to get life? That's what life is. God's word quicken you. God's word brings life. And multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. He said, I want you to remember the way that I led you. Y'all, is that not awesome? They were led by God through the wilderness. God took them through the wilderness because he said, I want you to depend on me in this wilderness. I want you to know that I am God in this wilderness. And then he said, 40 years to humble thee. Dag, y'all, 40 years to be humble. Oh, Lord, can we pray? Jesus. Are y'all in your 40th year and you still ain't humble? 40 years, Julia. 40 years, Manny, in a wilderness apostle. He said, because I know where you are. 40 years, Evangelist Newton, just to humble you. What year are you in of being humble and still ain't got there yet? Because if you still trying to exalt yourself and you way up there in number, you're still in a wilderness. <laughs> 40 years. To hum- he said, I took you through 40 years to humble thee and to prove thee. I want y'all to check this out. They were in Egypt for over 400 and some years. Some work had to be done, didn't it, Manny? Do you think that you just got saved and everything is all right? You just missing hell, that's all. But it's some work that has to be done. And God got to put you in a place to have that work done. And some of you still ain't in a humbling state because you're still making it about how people see me, myself, and I. How people look at me. How people should respect who I am. You don't even know who you are. Because if you knew who you were in him, you ain't looking at the person. You're looking at what's behind the person. Forty years. Forty years, y'all. He said to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart. Whether thou would keep his commandments or no. Y'all know it took them 40 years. It shouldn't take us that long when you're getting good teaching. When you get nothing but truth, it shouldn't take you that long to say, Lord, I got pride in my life. Lord, I got some offense in my life. (laughs) To prove them, to see what was in their heart. And some people wondering, why am I in the same place? And everybody is going before me because you're hard headed. You're stubborn. You into yourself. You don't want to humble yourself. You want people to do for you, but you don't want to do for them. You want to be above people. You don't want to be, yeah. You're only above because you're in him. You're above and not beneath because you're in him. If you're in yourself, you're trying to put yourself above. You're above because you're in him. You are above principalities and powers because you are in him. And ain't no good you done. It's been, y'all, everything is about being in him. If you wasn't in him, you'd be nothing. He's divine. We're the branch. Without the vine, we are nothing. He said, you are clean because of my word, not because of you. I know I'm preaching right. I spent too much time in here to bring you anything. Amen. 
So, look at your neighbor say, 40 years. And look what he said. And he humbled thee. He had, and he humbled thee. Guess how he humbled him? And suffered thee to hunger. To hunger. And feed thee with manna, and with, and which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man, oh, I love this part, that man do not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God do man live. Guess why he did it? He said, I humbled thee. I made thee humble. When you was hungry, I fed thee. By manna that ain't known by man. But it's no, my bread of life that I rained down from heaven that you wasn't even familiar with kept you these 40 years, people. Man do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of my mouth that rained down the bread from heaven. Come on, let's understand the verse. Do your dance, evangelist. Do your dance. Do your dance. Just do, just do your dance, girl. Do your dance, apostle. Do your dance. Do your dance. God is just that good. Come on. Just that good. Come on. When you know how good he is, Jonas, when you know what he done for you, when he brought you out of a low place and put you in a high place because you knew that you didn't live, apostle, by bread alone. But by every word that came out of God's mouth, you made it a part of you. And he put you in a safe place. Did anybody in here really know what I'm talking about? Because if you know what I'm talking about, I didn't have to call you out to give him glory. I didn't have to call your name for you to stand up to say, God, I was in a place. But because of you, you took me out of that place. You took me out of the Maury clay. Oh, my goodness. I don't understand. I don't understand, y'all. Are they the only ones that know where God brought you from? Are they the only ones that had a wilderness experience and knew that it was only God who can? Are they the only ones that knew? Come on, somebody. God has brought you too far. And you know what? The whole thing was through all that they went through and all their disobedience God was still the fire by night and a cloud during the day because God already knew oh that's just how much he loves us y'all do we know his love do we know how much he really loves us come on you may be experiencing right now a wilderness experience feel like you feel like you're not coming out but I'm here to tell you God said you just getting to know who I am so you'll be able to stand that's all sometimes we say God just take me out of this God just take me out of this I'll do this God said no you ain't ready yet God said I want you to see my hand in this I want them to see my hand can he be who he need to be in your life. No, I want to ask you this. Can you let him be who he need to be in your life? Y'all, I ain't even got halfway through this message. God is doing something here in this house. Y'all better catch it. Don't let it pass you by. Get over your perceptions. Get over what you want to do. And how you, God is saying right now, let it go. Let me be LL Yon. Let me be God Almighty. Let me be whom I need to be in your life. He said, you need to let it go. He said, let it go. Get rid of it. 
Let go of all of this. Let me be. Let me be the self-existing one. Let me be the one and true and living God. The one that has brought you out from the God of this world. God said, let me be. Let me be. Let me be. He said, let me be whom I need to be. God said, trust me in this place. I am that I am. I am El Shaddai. Let me be your one and only. That's who I want to be. Let me be. Hallelujah. God said, let me be. Let me be. Hallelujah. Whom I need to be. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to your name, God. Let me be. Hallelujah. Whom I need to be. Let me tell you something. Y'all know how they take you in a place and they want you to do a tasting of wine to see how good the wine is. God said, I bought some wine up in this place. And the only thing you got to do is taste and see. fire Thea come on God want to burn away every God everything that's not like him God said let me burn it up it's not about us he want us to get out of the way God said can you get out of the way can you let me be whom I need to be. Let me have first place in your life. God said, I can take care of it better than you can. God said, you forgetting. I'm a God who bought water from a rock. I'm a God who made bitter sweet. I'm a God. Hallelujah. Let him be whom he need to be. Come on, Miracle Temple, God is saying, let me be. I'm going to sing this song. It goes like this. Listen. Come on, we got to be empty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you giving him permission to empty you. Hallelujah. Glory, God. When you search my heart, God, if you find it. Come on, it's not like him. Let him empty you. 